Welcome. I'm Knox County District Attorney General Sharm Allen. Thank you for joining us on Generally Speaking, where I will discuss important issues impacting public safety with expert frontline prosecutors who are seeking justice each and every day. The District Attorney General's office can sometimes seem shrouded in secrecy. This is most often due to ethical rules that prohibit us from discussing pending cases. Our goal is to pull back that perceived curtain and tell you exactly who we are and what we do in the pursuit of justice, both in the courtroom and the community. Generally speaking, of course. Welcome to our sixth and final episode of season two of Generally Speaking. Today's episode, we are going to cover a topic that is very near and dear to my heart and a very unique unit for a district attorney's office. And that unit is the Community Affairs Unit. When I took office in 2014, we did not have a Community Affairs Unit. And this office historically had never had one. But part of my campaign slogan was to be tough on crime and smart on prevention. And I really was serious about the smart on prevention piece of that, because I really believe prevention is so important. And every crime that we can prevent from happening is a win for our community and certainly a win for victims that do not have to suffer the trauma of victimization. I also thought that a community affairs unit was very important because it provides a way for this office to be extremely transparent with our community, which is an important thing for all government offices to be, but especially for district attorney's offices. And also, it's just a way for us to share the great work that this office does on behalf of all the citizens of Knox County. So the Community Affairs Unit is something that is very important to me and was created in 2014. Like I said, when I first created it back then, we had someone in-house doing that for us. And we quickly realized that the Community Affairs Unit was going to be something that worked for us, that it was something that was needed something that created a lot of energy. And so we learned pretty quickly that we needed an expert to come in and head that unit up for us. So it took us about three years to figure that out. So when we got to 2017, that is when we began to look for that expert. And the expert that we found was Emily Schooneman. Emily is a proven public relations professional who had been working in the field for quite some time. And she joined us in 2017 as our community affairs director. Her purpose really is to serve as the liaison between the community and the district attorney's office. She works to promote and improve public trust, and she has several innovative programs that she runs for us, all of which you're going to hear about today. She's a proud graduate, unfortunately, of the University of South Carolina. We love her, even though she is a Gamecock, but uh, she earned her Bachelor of Arts in Journalism and Mass Communications from South Carolina. We are extremely Extremely excited to have her here today to talk to you. So welcome, Emily. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. Let's begin our direct examination. I've kind of touched on it, but I'd like for you in your own words to talk to our listeners and explain to them why public relations is important for the district attorney's office. Sure. So the core of public relations is really building trust within your community or whoever you're doing business with. And in For your sake as a district attorney and the district attorney's office, our audience, our public is the citizens of Knox County. And so it's hard for you to do your job if the community doesn't trust you. There's a few ways that you can build trust. And one of those ways is by being transparent, which you did touch on, and telling the truth. 
those should be two easy things for the district attorney's office to do. But the transparency part is where the public sometimes are, we've said it for this podcast, seems shrouded in secrecy. Because sometimes when we're asked questions, you can't answer because it may be tied to a specific case. And ethically, we can't talk about cases. How do you be transparent when you're overcoming obstacles like that? And so I think the Community Affairs Unit helps address that. Okay, so you've touched on truth and transparency. What about consistency? How important is that? Consistency is also important because, especially for our office, that we're following, the community knows what to expect from you. You're going to do investigations this way. You're going to communicate to them this way. They know what to expect. Consistency is important in building trust. And as we have worked together over the last several years, we really have focused on those three things, truth and transparency and consistency. And we have done a lot of different things, too. Your work really falls into a lot of different buckets, if you will. And so the first bucket that I would like to talk about is our community education piece, because I really think the more you educate the community about what we do, the better we serve them and the better they understand us. So let's talk about the community education things that we have done since you have been here. Let's just go over some of those for the listeners. So people can't trust you if they don't know you, right? How are they ever going to come to trust you? And so any opportunity we can find to educate the community, like you said, we want to take advantage of. One of the fun things that you started, it was predated me, but I've had a lot of fun doing it, is the Citizens Academy. I believe it's the first one in the state, correct, for a district attorney's office? Yes, I believe it is because I remember when I said to Jackie Myers, who was the then community affairs director, I want to do a Citizens Academy. Let's go find one. She said, um, there isn't one in the state, but we'll create something. So uh, I do believe we were the first in the state. Yes. Yeah. When I started, so my background is not criminal justice, but one thing you did leave out of my bio was I was voted best lawyer in high school. So I thought that should just be noted. <laughs> okay. That's um, duly noted. I also got an A in criminology in college. I didn't want to leave that out. Very important. I'm glad you added those for our listeners. (laughs) But I say that because my background is public relations. I have the fun job of getting to know whoever I'm working for, whatever project I'm working on. I'm a learner, so I get to learn the ins and outs of it. When I started the Citizen Academy, at first I was like, oh, like how interesting is this going to be? Because the Sheriff's Office, KPD, they have their Citizen Academy. They get to shoot guns. They get to climb walls. They get to hang out with the dogs and go up in helicopters. Drive fast cars. Yes, drive fast cars. At first, I was curious at how interesting this was going to be. But the first year that I ran the program, I was learning along with the citizens. And it was, and still is, very fascinating. What we do, it's eight weeks long. We meet one night a week in the fall. And they learn about current trends that's impacting public safety. They learn how does the system work, kind of a 101 How does the case go from investigation to our office and how does it work through the system? And really, what is the role of the DA? And then we do a mock trial. People who have watched Law & Order their entire lives and just really waiting for their moment to shine. Like, I've heard some great opening and closing statements that we may have or may not have applauded, but they were, it's so much fun. That's just a great opportunity for people to come and learn. And so why don't you take this opportunity to tell our listeners how they would apply for the Citizens Academy in case they're interested? Sure. You can find everything that we talk about today on our website, but really people just email me. And on our social media, we will post when the application is 
open and the dates for that year. And they're usually pretty much the same. You can just go to the website and I keep an interest list. So if at any point someone says, I want to know for the next one, let me know. I keep a list and we'll alert them. Another community education piece is the Speakers Bureau. Let's talk about that. We have experts in our office. You are very generous with your use of expert for me, but we have experts in our office who have worked in the office for 30 years, are very knowledgeable around things that impact public safety, like child abuse, domestic violence, gangs, popular one, drugs as well. Anything that we can do to educate the community, like you said, to prevent crime from happening, prevents further victimization. We want to do that. Any opportunity we have to send out our speakers and our experts, we'll do that. Another community education piece that I know is near and dear to your heart is the high school job shadow program. So let's touch on that too. A lot of our programs kind of touch on, you mentioned buckets. So this is one that hits a few different points, but the high school job shadow program is just like it sounds. We have high school students that come in and they get to basically job shadow for a week in the summer. That is not an experience that even adults often get. One thing that I say is, or talk a lot about is you see law enforcement, you see other professionals, first responders out in the community and you see what they do. People don't generally, unless they're justice involved for some reason, don't see what prosecutors do on a day-to-day basis. This just gives the opportunity for the students to see that. And one neat aspect of the program is that if there's a trial happening that week, they can watch the trial and then the prosecutors will sit down with them and explain to them why they did what they did, their arguments. And there's always one student who doesn't agree. They get to kind of go back and forth and that's a really neat experience for them. Our lawyers love having those high schoolers in here for the week every summer. What about communications? What kind of communications do we have that are consistent that the community can avail themselves of? Well, one of the biggest things is our podcast. One of the reasons why I love the podcast and was really pushed for it is because I wanted to be able to answer questions when we weren't being asked. And also because when people do have questions and we can't answer them, I can say, that's great. We talk about that over here. So go check out this podcast. Like I said, any opportunity we have to make information available, we're going to try to take advantage of it. So our website, social media, we have a Facebook and a Twitter account. Our website is up to date with information. And then we also have, which is common, but a public information officer. And I work hand in hand with him to make sure that we're getting out the messaging that we need to get out. And I think it's just worth noting also that our public information officer wears two hats in the office. He is a prosecutor as well as a public information officer, which really serves us well because there are so many ethical rules about what we can and can't say that a typical PIO might not understand as well as a licensed attorney who is practicing as a prosecutor. So that has worked really well for us. Okay, so those are some community education pieces of community affairs. What about prevention programming? Why do you feel that prevention is such an important part of this job? The main goal of the DA's office is public safety, right? If there is an opportunity for us to prevent crime, then we want to do that. But I would pose that question to you. Why did you make that part of your motto or promise to the community when you took office? I see what you did there. Yep. (laughs) Um, Prevention is extremely important to me because as a prosecutor my entire career, I have dealt with victims, victims of crime. And nobody wants to be the victim of a crime. 
whether it is having your house broken into or whether it is, God forbid, having a loved one taken from you. So anytime we can do any work that helps prevent a crime, it is just really a win-win from so many different levels. First and foremost, it prevents an individual or a group of individuals from being victimized, which is extremely important. It also causes us, if there is no crime, there is no charge. Therefore, there's not a tax on the system. We don't have as many cases coming through. Taxpayers don't have to pay. So there are many levels of things that are extremely advantageous if we can prevent crime from happening. So that was really my driving force in trying to do something that was proactive and doing preventative work. I know just from watching you and others go out and speak, I mean, the subject matter is hard to hear. And people are like, well, what can we do? What can we do to help this problem? And there's a lot of preventative stuff that our community can do to get involved and to help that. And we have a lot of great organizations that are doing preventative work. Why do we do it? And I think a good example would be our truancy program that we work on. I can talk on that, but could you touch on why our office oversees truancy and kind of what our work is in that? Truancy is really a crime that we deal with in the district attorney's office. And truancy is when kids don't go to school. And if it's young children, elementary age, uh, middle school age, clearly those kids aren't responsible for getting themselves there. The parents are. So it's usually the parents that we would charge with truancy for not having their children attend school. Uh, As children get older, high schoolers, it's often the parents of the high schoolers calling us saying, please do something. I cannot get my son out of bed who is bigger than I am, and I can't get him to school. So can you help us? So truancy is something that we, if you just take carrot and the stick idea, we were the stick. It is a crime. We would come in and prosecute you for not being in school or not taking your children to school. So we really wanted to come up with something that was the carrot, something that would entice people to go to school, something that would be positive. And so that's where we came up with the bike program that you can explain to our listeners. But it's a positive front end way to do something to decrease truancy without us having to come in and actually prosecute people for it. Pre-COVID, we would do the bike reward program and we would partner with a elementary school that had a high chronic absentee rate. We would partner and for kids who had perfect attendance, we would give them the incentive of a brand new bike. And the Epilepsy Foundation helped and provided helmets. So it was a neat community collaboration. And I'm talking past tense because that was pre-COVID. We're currently evaluating the program for a post-COVID world, but it was incredibly impactful and effective. When you think about incentivizing, I love my job and I do it because I care about, I'm passionate about helping the community, but the paycheck helps and incentive helps, right? It was just a way for us to come alongside the schools and incentivize and to help them in their goals to get kids to school Attendance, I mean, showing up is the first step to success because we know that education helps produce future interaction with the criminal justice system, risky behaviors, it limits that. And then also, I've heard you say, helps prevent people from becoming victims too. So it's not just about becoming involved with the criminal justice system, but just involved with any type of violence or crime in the future. Sure, because study after study does show 
that the further you go in school, the less likely you are to become involved in the criminal justice system, either as a defendant or as a victim, which I have always found interesting. So as you mentioned, we've just had great success with that program. And many of the schools that we have partnered with have told us not only did their truancy rates improve at the end of the year, but their test scores improved as well as disciplinary actions went down. The bike program really has been a successful venture. I guess since 2016, we've partnered with six schools and then awarded over 300 bikes. So that's always been a fun program to be a part of. We're revamping that and looking for ways that we can continue to encourage attendance. Something that we are excited about launching is the Do the Right Thing campaign. Do you want to touch on that since that's something that we're going to try to get up and running soon? General Allen, she was appointed to be a host for Knox County so that we can run this program, do the right thing. And what it is, it's a writing competition for middle school students. And what they write about, they have to answer three questions. And it's, how has violence affected my life? What are the causes of youth violence? And what can I do to reduce youth violence? It's a competition, and we'll have two winners from our district or from our area. And they will be ambassadors. They get to go to Washington, D.C. and meet with other ambassadors throughout the country And they meet with national leaders throughout their week being in D.C. And then also all the essays that were submitted and like the winning essays, so to speak, are submitted into the Library of Congress. I'm excited to bring this program to our community and to see how it will benefit the kids. And we have a lot of leaders in our community who have agreed to read the essays and be judges yes. for the competition. So that's exciting as well. That's one of the things I'm most excited about is this essay contest. It will give these children the opportunity to have a voice in what's happened to them. A lot of times when people think about violence, when I say violence, they think about gun violence or street violence. But there is violence against children that happens behind closed doors and that people don't see. And so this may be an opportunity for them to express that. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited for our community leaders to read those essays and to hear from children directly how violence affected them. One success story that I heard. So this is a program. It's a nationwide program that is run by the National Campaign to Stop Violence, and they've been doing it for over 20 years. So we're excited to join the effort. But one of the neat things that the leaders shared with me when we were talking about starting this program was in another city, the city council members read the essays, and they noticed the theme of the neighborhood needing more lighting in their neighborhood. That was an immediate direct response that these kids by expressing themselves and what has happened to them and providing feedback on what could change, a change that could be made was implemented. So I'm sure that empowered them that their voice could make a difference. And so I'm hoping that something similar like that happens here. That is certainly something that is exciting. And uh, I can't wait to see what comes out of that new program. We've also got other prevention campaigns that we have run. Do you want to touch briefly on some of those prevention campaigns? Like I said, for our Citizens Academy, we can't cover everything in eight weeks, but some of the topics that we talk about, we do public relations campaigns or awareness campaigns for. One of those would be around fentanyl and the dangers of fentanyl. We participate in a statewide campaign announcing the dangers of that, promoting that. Also, we've done one called Scam Stop, and it's helping 
provide education around financial fraud, specifically for the elderly population in our state. We like to take advantage of opportunities like that. We also have coming up the National Crime Victims' Rights Week. We have an event planned for that to promote what are crime victims' rights and how can we support crime victims in our community. Well, we have talked about community education and we've talked about prevention. So let's shift here and talk about how important it is for us to be present in the community, just for the community to know who we are and that we do care about this community and that we want to walk alongside them in every way that we can, not just as prosecutors. What are some of the community service programs that we're involved in here? Again, anytime we can be present in the community and just be involved, because we are members of this community, the people who work in the DA's office, they live here and they want the community to be safe as well. We are motivated by that. One thing is we do the open book program and we go and read to Spring Hill Elementary School kiddos once a week. We have staff that go out there and read to them. And one of the reasons why we do that is twofold. One, we want the kids to know that the district attorneys, the prosecutors who work for our office, we have more than just prosecutors that go out and read to them. We also have our victim witness coordinators and legal secretaries that go out and and I have fun going out to read to the kids. But we want them to know that this office isn't just out to get people. That we want the community to succeed and we want these kids to succeed. For us to come along with them and help them with their reading skills, hopefully they have a positive interaction and understand that we're for them. Just to jump in there for a second on reading at Spring Hill, I read with two super incredible kiddos last year, met them every Thursday morning before school for the entire school year. And so I haven't seen them this year. So I want to take this opportunity just in case Tatum and Rosemary are listening to shout out to the two coolest kids around and tell you guys that I miss you and hope you're doing well. Okay, besides the open book program, what are some other community events that we participated in to be good community partners? We usually participate in career fairs. We really, anything we're invited to, we will do. But career fairs are a big one. And then also one of my favorite events that we do is the City of Knoxville's Neighborhood Conference that they put on. I think they're doing it a little differently this year. But all of our community resources and agencies come together to share what we offer to the community. I love doing that and representing the office at events like that. What about Christmas time? We also just do community service, you know, like any other organization would do. Again, because we want to be active members of the community, not just a staff that's hidden away, you know, behind closed doors of an office in the city county building, you know, that people may never see. We do that a few different ways, and this predates me and maybe even you. We've participated in the Dear Santa program with the Helen Ross McNabb Center. That program fulfills wish lists for kiddos who have, as they describe, the greatest need with the least resources. We always have a lot of fun filling those wish lists, and sometimes we may make it a competition between the units. There are a few things like that that we do. One thing I didn't say before when you asked me the question about community awareness, it kind of ties in with community service. We also, every year for World Elder Abuse Awareness Day, we take that opportunity to share messaging to prevent elder abuse by delivering meals to mobile meals with mobile meals. And we do that once a year and provide information around that as well. So that's kind of a community service and awareness initiative that we do. 
Okay. Well, this has been an extremely fun episode to do. Good. I'm glad. Um, it, it's always more fun to talk about prevention and community affairs than it is some of the crimes uh, and victimization that we have to deal with. So thank you so much for being here with us today. I know our listeners have enjoyed our conversation and I appreciate you being here. Thanks for the opportunity. Well, thank you for joining us for this season's final episode. As we mentioned earlier, this podcast is just one of the many initiatives to help educate our community about the role the District Attorney's Office plays in the criminal justice system and how you can also play a role in promoting public safety. To learn more about community projects and community programs, please check the show notes for a link to our website. 